You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQL. Use the introductions. Jess, my name is Jeffrey Wright, the host of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show weekdays here in Memphis, Tennessee from 2 until 4 on 92.9 FM ESPN. My co-host, he's back, baby. We missed you. He's RJ Choppy. He's the co-host of Shannon RJ Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan. He is, of course, on Twitter at RJ Choppy. Welcome back, bud. It's good to be back. You know, had a uh, one-week uh, layoff in sunny it was sunny it was kind of sunny colorado on the uh, ski slopes they didn't have a whole lot of snow on them so that was okay i didn't mind you, you'll be proud i did a i did a head fake game for you and it won it did oh it did. man it did. now i didn't really need the head fake game because i just took clemson but i was trying to get it into a, a single digit but i i was i yeah. thought you'd be proud of me I, I carried on the legacy even though you weren't here of course we'll have a head fake game later but I guess let's get to the let's let's get right down to it. You blink and college football season's over with. It feels over. like here we are. We're in championship week. And it's an interesting setup here, RJ, in that we look at the top four rankings, and obviously someone's gonna lose between Georgia and Alabama. Clemson, or beg your pardon, Cincinnati's still sitting in there, and it feels like they're in a win or go home situation. But when you look at this championship weekend, what interests you the most? There's a lot of intrigue. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue around this week. What happens with the Big 12 title game? You know, like, I want to know, like, if Alabama keeps it close and loses, do they still find a way to get into the Final Four? Uh, if Cincinnati wins, they have to be in, right? 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 But if Oklahoma State blows out Baylor, a top-10 team, do they have a case? Like, there's a, there's so much intrigue. Uh, you know, what if Michigan loses? Is Notre Dame without a coach going to slide over and get in? I mean, there's a lot of intrigue. I, I Seriously, every single game this week, with the exception of Pitt-Wake Forest, has got storylines to it. I know they're not favored this week, or I know they're not underdogs this weekend, but if someone was to come down and say, how weird is 2021 just in general, I think my answer would be, Somehow in this universe, Notre Dame and Michigan have become like likable underdogs, like the plucky little underdog. You've got <laughs> Notre Dame with without a coach, although it appears Marcus Freeman was going to be announced as the head coach. The problem is the, the president of the university was at the Vatican, so they couldn't like sign like sign off on it. But it is Can you imagine that? Like that, imagine what, that like, like, <laughs> first off, like if you're Mark, like I'm trying to put my like put my brain in Marcus Freeman like I guess like you know you're going to be the coach but like 
aren't you sitting there going like, guys, we've We've done everything in 2021 on Zoom. Like, can someone not go get them like some Wi-Fi connection? Like, uh, can we not just like, like somehow fax this over PDF? Like, how? I'm sitting here thinking like I, I'm this close to being the coach at Notre Dame. Can we just go ahead and make this official? Yeah, like I've seen Angels and Demons. I know the mm-hmm. Vatican's got like some cool, uh, you know, technology to it. Like, I'm pretty sure. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's not still 1650 there where they're writing on stone. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Vatican has some technology. It, it does feel like, you know, it feels like that could be done. But nonetheless, I'm not sure if it's official at this point. But let's take a look at some of the other aspects of this week. If I also was trying to define how crazy 2021 is, uh, the Notre Dame job, the Oklahoma job, the Florida job, the LSU job, the USC job, all were open in the same year what have you made for me it's almost like this coaching carousel has been so insane that i haven't really processed it it's just been like oh yeah there's there's another one like virginia came open yesterday or two days ago and i didn't even blink uh yeah i know right if it's it's virginia it's a great job too it's like it's a great campus it's awesome university there's just not a lot of recruits there that go uh i'll tell you you know this has been obviously i i don't think it's a question now the the wildest coaching carousel we've ever seen. I mean, you never have. I mean, you want to talk about heavyweight jobs. When you've got Florida and SC and LSU and Oklahoma and Notre Dame all open at this in the same year. You've, I don't, we've never seen it. Uh, but I'll tell you what stood out to me the most. Is Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly told us that Notre Dame and Oklahoma are stepping stone jobs to USC and LSU. Like, it, you have not lived until your coach left for another Power 5 job. Yeah, no, it's been, honestly, like, sorry to the OU fans listening, it's been hilarious to watch them. Like, they don't understand. Like, you, you, you can't do this. You, come, you can't come take our recruits. You can't come. It's like, Welcome to the real world, y'all. Yeah. This is what everybody deals with, except for you. Like, like you enjoy like a little dose of this, but I think it is fascinating because to me, the Oklahoma job is very interesting because to your point about what Lincoln Riley's decision says to me, what it honestly said to me was, hey, we're about to go to a new league and I'm not going to have the best job in the league. And somebody's going to have to pay for the new expectations. And rather than that be me, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to be welcomed with open arms. And honestly, I thought it was really interesting. He took the job that most people believe if done right, it's the best job in the league. And I do think that we're starting to see he clearly values, you know, kind of the Clemson aspect of it. He doesn't really care if he's in the best league. He just wants to be at the best job in that league. Yeah, now look, I, I'm, I live three hours from Norman. It is, without question, a top five college town that I've been to. I've been to basically every SEC town and a few in the Big Ten and, and, and Cal. And, and Berkeley, trust me, is not really a college town. Um, no. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic job. It is, you know, I saw a tweet that, you know, the, the, the SC fans and the, the people in California – will never love Lincoln Riley as much as they do at Oklahoma. And they are a 1,000% right. 
Like the, it, it is, it is not even close. If you want the, if you want to be a college head coach, there are few places that are better than Norman to be a college head coach. At USC, you get to be a college football coach and an NFL coach all at the same time. You you really do get both. It's it's a rare breed. The facilities probably aren't nearly as good as they are at OU. Uh, but moving to the SEC, you know where does Oklahoma rank on the jobs? Uh, I mean, it's to me, it's on that it's on the top tier. But you're competing now with A and M and with Alabama and with LSU and with Florida for the best job in the league. I mean, you could go in the SEC, and Auburn is like the seventh best job, maybe the ninth. You know, like yeah, it's I mean, that deep. And yeah, for me, it's one of those situations where I think you and I see a little differently. I think the Florida job's a little overrated. I think that, but like I put Oklahoma on that tier. Like to me, Alabama is the best job in the country. Then it's Georgia. And then it's probably LSU. And that's what we saw with Brian Kelly. I'm curious, as a Yankee that went down south, did you ever try to drop a southern accent on your first day in Knoxville? I did not. Uh, it took me uh, like 10 years to get rid of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in New Jersey. It took me ten, like at least 10 years uh, to get rid of the accent. And, and I still have traces of it, I think. I don't know. But it's... No, I never did that. I never, I never pulled that. Uh, hey, let's let's go on and, and and give that old twang on day one. I did like him reaching for it too, because you could tell like he thought he nailed it, and then you just see the internet do what the internet does, which is like get a load of this guy. I mean, it it's just <laughs> it was just the perfect. Remember when Madonna married Guy Ritchie and she was living in London and all of a sudden oh, yeah. Madonna had a British accent. It's like, oh, <laughs> you're from Detroit. Yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah, no, that, that old Detroit slash London yeah. hybrid accent. Yeah. It just uh, doesn't work. Speaking the speaking the Kings in Detroit, were you there, Madonna? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but this is what college coaches are. Like, they're, they're used car salesmen. I mean, oh, yeah. You know I, this. I, I, like, first off, I did like how – I did also love how every blowhard was like, how could Brian Kelly do this? Uh, you said $100 million, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go do that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go do that. That's exactly what all of us would do. Like, I, I, w- I know, like, it's – as sports fans, like, we kind of – because there's this weird, like, passion, emotion element, but it's like uh, – if somebody offered to double my salary, let me tell you what, I'm going to go do that. Like, I, we don't have this ability to conceptualize, like, to them, it, it, I know this is insulting to say, but, like, RJ, it might be a job. Yeah, it might be. Like, I, I'll tell you, I, I would move to Beirut and do radio for $100 million. Like, there's there's nothing I wouldn't do. For $100 oh, million, yeah. just pick the state, pick the country, and I'll go there. It's why I, I was there. I respected Zach Grinke as much as any, like, modern athlete. When he said, if they pay me $220 million, I'll pitch on the moon, I was like, that's my guy. Like, because yeah. that's exactly what I would do. I don't Yeah. Care. Now, could you, could you argue with the timing of Brian Kelly? Like, could Brian Kelly have told LSU, hey, guys, I'm in. Wait till Sunday. You know, because if, if my team's in the Final Four, I want to make sure they get the Final Four. Like, could and I said that? He- Sure. I think the argument is probably no, because I think what happened is I think Notre or yeah, I think essentially LSU said, here's the job. Like, do you want it? Yes or yeah. no. And I think Kelly then had to make that decision. And 
to me, though, what it really speaks volumes of, RJ, what a wonderful playoff system we have here in college football in that you literally could win a national championship and you're like, nah, I'm just going to go switch jobs this week. Like, good luck, guys. Like, appreciate yeah. the hard work. Like, what – it's, like, just such a horrible, like, horrible endorsement of the playoff that somebody's like, yeah, I'm just going to go take another job right before right before I find right. out whether my team did or didn't get in. That it's it, you know, because I wonder if if Brian, if Notre Dame was ranked third, yeah, and they were and, and, and their season's over, so they weren't going to drop. If they were ranked third, does he take it? Does he still take the LSU job? And I, I find that the answer I think the answer is yes, because I think when you look at it from his perspective, I think he thinks I've maxed out Notre Dame, and I think he honestly probably was like, listen, we could go to the playoff, but this team like anyone that's watched Notre Dame knows like they're a very good solid team but they're not yeah. even one of the better like better Notre Dame teams we've seen in the last four or five years right. in terms of like the playoff contenders and I think he realized the one thing I don't have on my resume is a national championship at this level you know he's, he's won championships at lower levels and I think he thought I'm 60 years old this who knows if this job comes open again or this quality of job this level of job and I think he just said, ah, screw it. I'm going to take it. You might be right. You might be right. I think it would be an interesting um, decision for him to make. Uh, now, look, we, we, this, need to be, this needs to be fixed. I mean, it really does. I, 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 I'll, I'll at least respect Lincoln a little bit. I mean, he waited basically until their title hopes were done. Well, as we job. found out, like, they hammered out that contract in, like, 20 minutes over coffee. Like, it, yeah. he didn't even talk to them until Sunday. Like, as no. we learned, it's like, are you – like, come on. I did love Scott Van Pelt when he was interviewing him on Monday night. He was like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, like – I, I mean, it's tell- amazing they were able to buy him a house in L.A. Yeah. and then pay, what, half a million over asking for whatever for each of his two houses in Norman? Like it, it's pretty wild that they were able to come to all this uh, on on a, on a cocktail napkin, over drinks at a happy hour. I, I just I, I didn't know. Maybe they did it at Sir with the Vanderpump mm. people. I, I don't know what they did it at. Yeah, but I mean that's uh, what I, I would have done it at. They probably Tom, Tom, it Tom, at Tom. They probably went to Nobu, got some sush, you know, just hammered it out yep. real quick. Yeah, maybe maybe yep. maybe they they finalized it at some coffee bean. You know that that feels like, you know, we know like these. These contracts, you know, it's not like it takes them days to comb over them and go through it. It's no. like, yeah, just hammer it out. It's like, right. come on, dude. Like, Oklahoma yeah. was panicked on Friday that you weren't yeah. giving them, like, that they didn't have the warm and fuzzies. Like, I do kind of think, though, I give credit to Mike Bone, the USCAD. That was kind of a baller move to use the SEC hysteria and LSU as cover to just quietly in the middle of the night. And then shout outs to Lincoln and his agent. Got the big deal from you. Got the big offer from LSU. Hey, SC, you want to match? Yep. You want to match? That was a huge, huge offer, man. I mean, it really, really was. And, and like, you know, if you're Lincoln Riley, again, it's there's a lifestyle aspect. I mean, it's you know, you're going to LA. It's LA, man. Like you, you either love or hate LA. Like, but if you don't, if you don't, you can say what you want about the whole area. Like it's crowded, but I mean, it's 70 degrees every day, man. Oh, I can tell you, as a college student, it's a horrible place to live if you're poor. But I can tell you this. Yeah. If you're, you're rich, rich you do it right. it's not that bad. Like, oh, yeah, it's no. 75 and sunny again. Like, okay. you know, the traffic, whatnot, it's like, yeah, 
you're rich enough, you can live in the areas where traffic doesn't really bother you. All right, when we come back during the next segment, we're going to get into the actual games and figure out whether or not anyone is indeed on upset alert on championship weekend. Since 2017, the favorites have usually held serve. However, is this a different year? We've seen with 2021, chaos has kind of reigned supreme. We'll find out indeed if anyone is truly on upset alert. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. This is BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. According to ESPN's Chris Felica, since 2017, Two of the four Pac-12 championship games resulted in an underdog winning outright. If you're listening to us, either the Pac-12 championship game's going on right now or you're listening on Saturday and it's already happened. The reason I bring that up, RJ, in the other five power or in the other four Power 5 leagues, none of the 16 games resulted in an underdog winning outright. So let's figure out is this the year? Let's put somebody on upset alert. Upset alert. All right, RJ, what do you got? Man, I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm thinking around. I'm looking around here at, at who could possibly be upset. And and honestly, I think it's Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State is the team that I need to put on upset alert. And not necessarily that I think they're going to lose the game. But this is the game. Like, this is the one. If I had to pick, like, I don't really see Iowa keeping up with Michigan. I don't really see Alabama beating Georgia. I think they keep it close, but I don't see them beating Georgia. I think it's Baylor. I think Baylor has the chance of pulling the upset over Oklahoma State. And if you were to go and look at 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 the you know the 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 the, the previous game between these two teams, if you ask Oklahoma State fans, and I got a lot of friends who are Oklahoma State fans, they're a little scared of this game. They're a little bit scared. So Oklahoma State is the team that I would put on upset alert. Yeah. If you just look at how Oklahoma State plays, and again, as you mentioned, the previous game was in Stillwater, and it was like a 14-point game. But when you watch the whole thing, like there was a couple of big turnovers for Baylor. I just think that it kind of stands to reason in that in this Big 12 where no one was really head and shoulders better than anyone else, I I think that's a, a reasonable play. The only other thought that I had on championship weekend Houston and Cincinnati. I'm not particularly convinced that either team can block the other. I still think Cincinnati is going to win the game, but in a close game that might kind of, you know, come down to turnovers and whatnot, I think at Houston at plus 325 might be worth just the stab in the dark because yeah. I think that their defense can keep up with Cincinnati's defense. And to me, if you get into a defensive struggle, sometimes it can come down to just one play. And I feel like that might be worth just the, the dart throw, if you will. I think, it, I think it's a fair point. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is, we saw, we saw Houston take on SMU about a, what, about a month and a half ago, a month ago. Yeah. 
And Houston was red. They were a red hot football team. And SMU hadn't lost. So SMU was hot too. And it was, it was a very close game, but Houston was in, in the lead in that game for much of the first, you know, first half, first, you know, two and a half quarters. Um, they're a good team and they're a well-coached team. Uh, and so is Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a great football coach, but you know, I, I think the best thing for Cincinnati right now is that we have it is that Notre Dame has hired a coach or we think, yeah. you know, you know, if there was an opening at Notre Dame, I think you would have a lot of Cincinnati players wonder if Luke Fickle is going to be the guy there. Uh, and as of it is right now, the way that game is going to, when that game kicks off, doesn't appear that's going to be the case. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point. It's like the fact that they've announced it. It's, I mean, to me, Luke Fickle feels like he's the guy that's waiting for either the chance to get the Ohio State job again, maybe a Michigan type job, or Notre Dame. And like Oklahoma doesn't feel like the spot that that he would go. I think you have to feel pretty good that, you know, we've got our coach. And Luke Fickle also does seem like, unlike Brian Kelly, Luke Fickle does seem like the guy that's like, I'm riding it out with my guys. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he, he actually does seem to have those types of characteristics. Let's start. Let's start with Saturday in order. Let's go to the Big 12 championship game just outside of Arlington, your neck of the woods. Again, it, we saw this game earlier this year. It's interesting. What do you make of the spot for Oklahoma State? Because while they are kind of on the outside looking in, I think they have to feel pretty confident that if we win at 12-1, and one, we can play our way in. One thing that's been interesting to me is there's always kind of this air of when Oklahoma State plays in big games that you're kind of waiting for them to choke. We saw last week they didn't really choke. And really kind of this year, their one loss was a, a one-score loss at Ames, Iowa. There's nothing – like there was nothing embarrassing about it. They had a lead at certain points. It's just they didn't get the final score. What's kind of the atmosphere with Oklahoma State? Because to me, the, the thing that stood out with them this year is every time we've kind of waited on the stumble, they really haven't. They've been pretty darn consistent all year. They have. And, and you know, they're a an opposite Oklahoma. They're, they're a defense first team a lot of times. Uh, they're a very good defensive team. And that's, that's counter to what a lot of Oklahoma State teams have been in the past. Honestly, if they win this game, I don't know how you keep them out. Um, they have a – I'm sorry, they have a better resume than Michigan. They've got – if they win this game, they will have beaten five ranked opponents this year. Michigan has one. Now, they would have two. They'd be Iowa. And, 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 you know, in Michigan's defense, none of the teams Oklahoma State beat are as good as Ohio State. You know, so that, that, that counts for something. Uh, but, you know, Notre Dame only has one top 25 win this year. And Oklahoma State's got five? And you're going to leave them out? Like, what are we even playing these games for then? If you're going to beat five top 25 teams and your only loss is on the road at night the preseason number four team in the nation like what are the what are the rankings for what are we using rankings for like why why do we even have them then if i could beat five of them lose one road game by a by a td and i'm not in i'm not one of the four best teams okay baylor has been an underdog four times this year they've won three outright however the only instance the bears did not win was against Oklahoma State. They were a four-point dog, a 24-14 to 14 loss. Let's go to the afternoon slate. We've got the
the SEC championship game. We've got Alabama and Georgia. RJ, if Alabama can't block Auburn, if Alabama can't block Florida, if Alabama can't block Arkansas, how the hell are they going to block Georgia? Well, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that one uh, because the question is, and, and the answer is, well, they can't. They can't block them. I, I will say this. I, uh, I did see Georgia live uh, in Knoxville against Tennessee, and there is a formula to beat them. You have to speed up your offense. You've got to speed up your team big time, and you – you know, Tennessee doesn't have the athletes that Alabama does. They don't have the horses to be able to do that. If Alabama and, and Nick Saban, I'm sure, watched that game tape. In fact, we know he did. He's going to watch them all. And he's going to see that the big nasties on the defensive line of Georgia were a non-factor for a large part of that game. They had to be taken off the field. They were run, and, and, and you can pick up five yards on penalties real quick. And I think Alabama has a, does have a chance here. And that is their chance. That is their play to play that super fast, sped up style of football where they're making, where they're snapping it every 12 seconds. Since 2018, Georgia has faced 16 ranked opponents. 13 of the 16 games have gone under the total. On the other side, though, nine of the past 11 SEC championship games have gone over the total. The last underdog to win the SEC title game outright was Alabama in 2009. That was the day that Tim Tebow cried. I don't know, RJ. I feel like we're kind of nitpicking Georgia. Georgia feels like they've been so good that we're kind of bored with them that we just start to try to invent ways for them to lose. And I'm not saying that, you know, this team is is invincible, but they've had one one score game this entire year. It was game one against Clemson. And if anyone recalls that game, at no point did it, I ever feel like Georgia was going to lose that game. They have more blowout wins than even LSU did in 2019 than Alabama did last year. I just think there's this there's this element that because Georgia's offense is just kind of meh, and honestly it's because Stetson Bennett is just kind of meh, I think we keep looking for ways for them to lose. Yeah. But I just don't see it. Like, Take the, take the four common opponents between Alabama and Georgia. Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas. All four of those games, even though the Tennessee game for Alabama wound up being a quote-unquote blowout, that was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. All of those games yeah. were fourth-quarter games for Alabama. Georgia just absolutely hammered them. Like, I just think there's this idea that it feels like every argument for Alabama in this game is an emotional argument. It's like, well, Saban lives in George, in Kirby's head or uh, Georgia's going to Georgia. I got news for y'all. The Braves won the World Series. Like, Georgia might be on the rise. Like, Georgia might be back. They may they may be able – they may be Georgia-proof, if you will. Like, I just – I'll be happy to eat my words next week, but I just don't see it, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. Uh, you know, I, I think it can be done. I don't think they're infallible. They're clearly the best team in the country. But I don't think they're like that LSU team. I don't think they're like Bama last year. I don't, I don't, I don't think they are. I, I don't think they're that infallible football team. But they are the best. Uh, that much I know. Outside of Alabama, I don't know who else could beat them. Since that I think the, beat them. I think the team that had the best shot uh, just got 
their butts kicked in Ann Arbor last week. Yep, they might have. I think they had the receiving core to do it. Yeah, you have to have the receiving core. And Bama's young. You know, they got that. You know, they're at transition. Um, and you know that line is not. It's not a first round line. Like usually their first, their offensive lines is loaded with first rounders, uh, and, and they don't have that right now. But you know, I, I do think this is going to be. I don't think this is going to be like that Florida Bama game where Tebow was on the Tebow's last game. I don't think it's going to be one of those. No, I, I think that's fair. Let's get into the Big Ten championship game right now. I believe Michigan about an eleven point favorite. Yeah, RJ. I know we can be prisoners of the moment. I just think this Michigan team is is built really well. They've got the defensive front that are just absolute animals. They are running the football down everyone's throat. Cade McNamara is like kind of new John Navarre. You know what I mean? Like he's game manager, but he's more of a modern version of it. Whereas like Navarre was the prototypical stand back in the pocket. It feels like McNamara is more of like kind of the modern quarterback version, but and I just don't know how Iowa scores in this game. And no, particularly against this defense. And I don't know. I could, again, this is another situation where I feel like I could eat my words next week. But, and I really think Georgia's trending in the right direction. Or I beg your pardon, Michigan's trending in the right direction. They definitely are. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I don't know that I have ever cared less about a Big Ten title game with national title implications that I do about this one. It's I don't because think, watching Iowa is the worst. It is awful. It is atrocious to watch Iowa. You know, that that is – they are not playing modern football. And, you know, like I, I enjoy and I respect watching Army-Navy. I, oh, I yeah. Respect, I respect the game. These are not – First round talents. These are not kids who have a, a, a light. They want. They don't desire for a life in the NFL. Uh, and plus, it's a throwback. I get it. That game is a throwback. Iowa, dude. Like you guys have been trying. You're trying to compete for a title. At least they were. And you're running out that offense. I mean that that's a that's a that's a like a early two thousands SEC offense right there. Oh, no, it it's was like bad. the SEC offenses before Spurrier got to the SEC yeah. and realized, like, you know, you had the 230-pound cornerbacks that were just, like, glorified strong safeties. Like, this – it's it's atrocious to watch. Like, Spencer Petrus, like, no thank you. Like, so get him off the field. Like, watching him hurts my eyes. It does. It really does. Like, it's very hard to watch, uh, and, and that's why I don't – that, that screams take the under to me. The only problem is Michigan, you know, I mean, they theoretically could put up 40 on you. Oh, and all especially, you know, with Iowa having to go up against their defensive front, like turnovers are now in play. Iowa has not been a double-digit dog since 2017 when they lost 38-14 to to Wisconsin. However, the Hawkeyes have won two of the past games in which they were double-digit dogs. That was 2017 against Ohio State and 2016 against Michigan However, in the Big Ten title game, RJ, since going to the East-West format from the Legends and Leaders or the slow and slower format that they used to have, the Big Ten East is 4-2-1 against the number. I still can't believe they actually thought Legends and Leaders was a good idea. It's the most Big Ten thing ever. I mean, you want to talk about the most pretentious set of namings. 
That is oh, yeah. Good God. That is that's got Gordon G written all over it. Oh God, the bow tie Vanderbilt. Was <laughs> it like, it's, Ohio, it's like Vanderbilt, West Virginia, Ohio State. Like it was God. <laughs> such a clown. Oh my God. Uh, that is a reference that six people out there in the audience probably get. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we've got RJ's head fake games. We're also gonna get into the betting cards. Still haven't got into the ACC championship game, but we are going to discuss that one next because it's on my card. Stick around. You're listening to BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. We missed RJ last week. I had to step in and pinch hit for him during the head fake games, but thank God the Masters back. RJ, let's get into it. Head fake games. All right, thank you very much, and thank you for filling, uh, filling the huge shoes that you had to fill last week uh, with the head fake game. Of course, what is a head fake game? That is, it's, it's quite simple. You're going to imagine, you're going to make believe that you are a very large betting syndicate, and whatever you make a bet, the casino notices. So you take your bet, and then you flip it, and on the other side, you hammer it. So you do a small bet. Let's just say you wanted to bet Cincinnati minus 10.5. But you want that number to go to eight. You bet a small bet on Houston. They know that you bet to make that bet. You're influential. They're going to lower the number. And then you come back and hammer over the top with Cincinnati with a much bigger number. Uh, and in this one, I'll tell you, you know, I, I was I was struggling. I really was struggling to find a game here. I loved the over in the Wake Forest pit game. All right, 71. Those two teams score like 40 a game. Not going to touch it. I thought about Alabama. Thought about taking Alabama, making it an eight-point game, getting it over that number. Nope, not going to touch it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do, and I'm going to bet Michigan. So I'm going to do a small bet on Iowa, a very small bet on Iowa, trying to get that number down from 11 down to about nine and a half, get it inside the touchdown and field goal, and then hammer Michigan over the top if it gets down to nine and a half, and that'll be my head fake game of the week. Yeah, I – it is this weird reality where it feels like the head fake games I did last week. I took Clemson as my head fake game. It feels like if we can just find a way to get those teams that we like, let's get it to a single digit. Like that feels like yeah. the perfect sweet spot for a head fake game. Mentioned to the ACC championship game. We haven't talked about it yet, but we are going to talk about it because it's on the card. Let's get into the cards. The betting card. All right, RJ, I'll yield to you. All right, let's do it. Uh, I got uh, five games for you. Um, and the first one I will do, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I've got the over 46 and a half. 46 and a half is a low number for college, man. Very low. Very, very low. Uh, to think that both teams aren't going to score 21 points or you know 23 points each in this game, I think that's kind of asking, uh, that's asking a lot. I am taking the over 46 and a half uh, in that one. I also, and this is a complete shot here, because normally I would love to take this other team, but losing the coach, 
I am taking App State minus three against Louisiana. All right, so that's game number two. I got Michigan minus 11 against Iowa. I am taking the over in the Wake Pitt game, over 71 and a half. Uh, like I said, both teams are just putting up 35, 40 points a game each. I mean, the only time Pitt really didn't, I'm uh, sorry, Wake didn't score 35, it was against Clemson. They still put up 27. So, I mean, they, they are rolling. Uh, both teams have put up 70 uh, at a different point this season. And then finally, I can't believe I'm doing it. I am going to be a sucker for Saban and take Alabama plus six and a half. All right, so we have a couple of different ideas. So, obviously, for those that are listening on Saturday, the first two games will have already occurred, so you'll know what I had. I have the under in UTSA, Western Kentucky. I just think UTSA wants to run the football. I know Western Kentucky throws it all over the yard. but 73 points. Like, that's just way too many. Give me under 73. The Pac-12 is always going to do what the Pac-12 does, which is eat itself. And so yeah. this could be funny for those uh, if, if this goes the other way. But it made all the sense in the world for Utah to beat Oregon and make sure to ruin the Pac-12's chances of getting into the playoff. I feel like Oregon returns the favor in Vegas in front of 50,000 empty seats. That feels about right. Mm. Give me Oregon plus three. I'm on the other side of you on App State Lafayette. I know Napier's going to Florida, but this team is a team full of, like, super seniors, basically, like, yeah. Everyone kind of came back for one last ride. And I think everyone's kind of on the same page here. And also the game's down in Lafayette. And the most important aspect of this game is I refuse to bet on Chase Bryce. Like, I just can't do it. He's awful. He is a turnover machine. Give me Lafayette plus three. That's one of those classic games. Both sides feel like a trap. But give me Lafayette. I, every argument for Alabama to me feels emotional. I'm taking Georgia minus six and a half. I just think they're the best team. I do not think Alabama's going to be able to block them. And I think Georgia's going to be able to pretty much do, you know, they're not going to blow them out in the sense of like they've been beating everyone else, but it's under a touchdown. I just, I, I do not see any way Alabama keeps it within a score. Kind of for the same reasons we're talking about in the ACC championship game. I'm like you, that's a game where even though the total's high at 71, that is not a game you want to be in on the under because neither team is really all that interested in playing defense. Both teams give up explosive plays on defense. I'm taking Pitt minus three. I think really what it boils down to is this is a game where I feel like it's going to be track meet, track meet, track meet. I trust Kenny Pickett. I think Sam Hart Hartman's yeah. had a nice season, but I think Kenny Pickett's a legit quarterback. And to me, give me Wake minus three in that one. We've got Michigan and Iowa. I'm right there with you. I This is one of those games that if you can get team totals, I love Iowa's team total under. I do not think that they can score. Their, their offense is getting worse. Now they're juggling quarterbacks. Like, I do not see that at all. I really like where Michigan is. Everyone, I think, is waiting for this hangover spot for Michigan. Yeah. Okay, they haven't had a hangover really all year. Even no, after they, they lost, even after they lost at Michigan State, like, they have – Played consistent football each and every week. I just think the way the season is trending, the two best teams are Georgia and Michigan, and I think both are pretty strong right now. And then obviously, RJ, we've got a, a, just a pure degenerate special. I don't know if right. you've happened to check the schedule. Did you see that at 10 o'clock God's time, 11 o'clock Eastern, but 10 o'clock God's time, over on FS1 or FS Fun, 
as I like to think of it. USC is playing Cal. And you might be thinking to yourself, like, wait, what? Is that, what, ha, is that a mistake? No, 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 no. That is not a replay. We have got a rescheduled game. But most importantly, RJ, did you happen to catch those reports out of L.A. this week that let's just say USC might have been protesting practice or protesting the game and not wanting to play? Give me no. Cal minus four and a half. Like, I, this is just a classic. Cal is going to want to play this game. Neither team's playing for bowl eligibility. But almost every single person on Cal's roster wanted a USC offer and didn't get it. Give me Cal minus four and a half and the they just care more special. It is it is definitely that they just care more special. I, I, you know, this is one of those weird games like why even bother? No one's going to go to the game. You see how the crowds are out there anyway uh, for these games. Uh, it, uh, one of the biggest wastes of time uh, is playing this football game. I absolutely love the pick. It's a true degenerate special. And, and I love the – I like the pit pick, man. I really do. And, and I love the over. I mean, seriously, like like Wake Forest gave up 56 to Army. And Pitt gave up 44 to Western Michigan. Like those te- – defense is optional in that game. It's going to be just like the Wake Carolina game. It's going to be a, a just a barn burner. Well, to your point, like while Pitt with Narduzzi, you think like they're probably more defensive-minded – they just give up explosive plays. And to me, like, that is what the claw fence is. I know every Tennessee fan just loves to see the claw fence go out and, and have the kind of success that it has, but that's what they want. They're trying to scheme up big plays, and to me, that just reeks of the game that it feels like the smart play is to have the under, but I want nothing to do with it. Like, that's just a game where you don't have it. It's like having the under in Bedlam. Can you believe that there was yeah, some oh, poor yeah. soul out there last week that was sitting there going, Listen, these two teams are defensive teams that no one really thinks about. Like, But you've got to have the under in Bedlam, and then you sit there and you realize at halftime that it was one point away from going over. Like yeah. that's, I just was thinking about that. Whoever that poor soul out there was, because I just respect the brand of Bedlam. Like, they know that's not what anyone's tuning into this game for. Like, let's just get drunk. Like, that's, that's what that game they is do. all about. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. That, exactly what they do in Bedlam. It, it's a great series. It's, it's a... There is an expectation there. There really is. That 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 game is void of defense. Doesn't matter who's playing. RJ, I think you will you'll probably know better than anyone. So I have a spreadsheet that keeps tabs of of all the bets from this year. Your boy, not counting the seven bets that we've got this weekend, your boy has placed one see I'm one twenty, one oh five and four. Best I can tell. That is 229 bets this year in college football. Wow. Shoot or shoot, baby. Shoot or shoot. Look, the way to go, it, I mean, it really is. The, the more you bet, the They're better They're all coin flips. Like, I'm just trying to – I view it kind of like, you know, it's it's uh, minimizing risk. Like, yeah, yeah. Am, I, am I probably going to have the weekend where I, I make, you know, thousands? No. But, eh, you know, there's a reason why I'm sitting at 53%. Yeah, like uh, if you bet, if you if you use a computer model to bet, you've you got to bet all the games. Yes. you have to bet them all. That's the whole that's the whole point of the model. If the model like playing small ball in baseball, either either you bunt them over, or you, like you have you can't just play small ball sometimes. Like you have to stick no. with the numbers all the time. If you're gonna hit on fifteen, you've got to do it every single time, or you never do it. And when you when you when you bet, 
you've got to bet every game or none of them. Like, you can't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to use this computer model. This computer spit out 20 games to me, and I'm going to pick five. What if you pick the wrong five? You've got to bet them all. And so I, I absolutely love the formula and the process that you use. 229 bets. 229, then I got, I got what did I say, seven this week, I think. Like, I, ca- I kept up till last week because uh, I, was, I, was, I was on vacation. I didn't do any bets. And I was like, and this was just, this was on college and NFL. I was like 58 and 40. I didn't even, you've done more college bets, double the college bets than I've done college and NFL. And you're going to wind up making more money than me. Even though I've got a, I've got a great percentage, you're going to wind up making way more money than I am. I mean, listen, there's nothing I'd rather do than on like the idea of just like having five bets on a Saturday makes no sense to me. Like I, I yeah. with this many games, like it's, like who the heck wants that? Like that's just not what this is all about. There are no BetQL five star bets for Saturday. So if you were waiting to hear that, unfortunately we don't have any at this time. We're here each and every Friday night at eleven Eastern. Also when you wake up all morning long on Saturday. Then once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. Eight hours of in-depth college football preview and reaction. It's all on BetQL and it's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening to and watching BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.